Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. I remember that infomercial, that guy, I don't remember who he was or some kind of oven or cooking thing. You set it and forget it, right? Well, we want to set it and remember it. We don't want to forget it. We want to set it and then when we set, then it brings back to remembrance. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. I put it this way. That's the Holy Spirit's job description. So if he's not leading you and if he's not guiding you, he's failing at his job. But I don't think he's gonna do that. (laughs) He's not a failure. He's not a failure. He does his job, he does it well. So it's on us to set our minds. It's on us to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He says, if we set our mind on the flesh, what's that mean? Things of the world. That's what he's talking about. The natural, right? When you are in darkness, before you came into the kingdom of God, it was natural for you to be led by what you saw and led by what you hear and even led by how I felt. Boy, we, let, we love to live by our feelings prior to Jesus, didn't we? Our feelings dictated everything. If I felt sick, I was sick. If I felt good, I was good. If I felt bad, I, I mean, just feeling alone. Not even the reality of the situation, just how I felt about it. I, I feel down. I feel like it's gonna be a bad day. Just set in course. But now we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and he says that we should live by the Spirit of God. This is how we should live. This, this is how you should live. Let me put it this way. It should be unnatural to you as a believer in the kingdom of God to live dictated by the world. It should be unnatural. That should go against the grain. That should go against the flow to live by what other people are doing. I mean, this year has been a year of watching what people are tied to and glued to. Right? We have found out this year the level of trust that people have in the economy, in healthcare, in doctors, in vaccines, in education. We have seen people's uh, uh, values and levels of trust rise to the surface this year. Look, this year only brought out what was already in you. Don't blame it on 2020. Blame it on 2019 and blame it on 2018 and blame it on 2017 and blame it on all the stuff. Well, when it gets bad, I'll start reading the word. And when it gets bad, I'll start going to church more often. And now they got the doors closed. And now you're, now you're telling me, man, I wish we could be in church. I can't. We ain't seen you in six months. Now you complaining about not being in church. <laughs> you can't blame this on this. It's what have you done leading up to this? You set your mind, and then you live by that. So we just learned where everybody's been setting their mind. But man, those, the righteous, the church, the cream of the crop that's been rising to the top, that's been saying, man, we ain't moved. We're not moved. You can shut it down. You can put the mask on. You can distance. You can do all all your measures. That's not going to heal you. That's not going to save you. That's not going to keep you out of fear. My God's going to keep me out of fear. We're not going down. We're coming to the top. We're rising above. Those are the ones that have proven 2016, 17, 18, 19, we're putting the word in. We're strengthening ourselves and we know where to go when tragedy strikes. Trial and challenge only reveals what is already there. It's the squeezing of the sponge that reveals what you've been soaking in. 
okay? So those who live, look, it's not suggestive. It's not a recommendation. He's saying those who live according to the flesh, they live that way because they set their mind that way. But those who live according to the spirit, they live that way because they set their mind on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded, that's the flesh, is death. But to be spiritually minded is this, what? Let my mind on the flesh. I live according to the flesh. That brings me to death. It's just easy stages, right? A plus B equals C. But if I set my mind on the spirit, I live according to the spirit, and living according to the spirit produces what? Life and peace. Where there is spirit, there is life. Where there is flesh, there is death. Every time. Every time. And we're not just talking like on the sin side. The wages of sin is death. Yes, that you set your mind to the flesh and you, you, you live by every impulse and by every whim and every desire of your carnal nature. Eventually, sin's gonna be produced and sin produces death. It pays out in death. It, it cannot pay you in any other way. But he's also talking about just living to the ways of the world, how the world operates and how the world thinks and how the world reacts and responds to things. It produces death every time. You'll never get the answer. You'll never solve the problem doing what the world does. We were called to come out of that to show them a new way of doing it, a new way of trusting, a new way of believing, a new way of of being grounded in my faith in the midst of trials and tribulations. I'm grounded, I'm fixed, I remain constant. He says, to be carnally minded or fleshly minded, naturally minded is death. It produces death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity or is against God. It's against God. If you have ever tried to get your mind or to get your flesh to come into alignment with God's word, you have failed every time and you always will. What's the answer that Paul gives us? To crucify the flesh. Crucify the carnal nature. Shut it down. You you have to overpower it and overcome it and override it and overrule it every time. If you give it an inch, it will take a mile. It sure will. I know we always start small. Oh, it's just, just this one moment, just this one. But it's all it does, it just takes one small instance. And before you know it, we've digressed, we've veered off, and we're entertaining things we would have never entertained. That we as kingdom people, as believers, have no business entertaining. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So he's letting you know from the get-go. That's a failed attempt. It won't work. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I know we talk about the love of God a lot, but what about pleasing God? God loves you no matter what, but not everything we do is pleasing to him. So now I'm recognizing I need to live according to the Spirit so I can live a life pleasing to him. But you are not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. If indeed... The Spirit of God dwells in you, dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, 
The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, look at that connection, dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. We're seeing it. Live according to the flesh, death is the result. But if you live by the spirit, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, right? That's what we saw earlier. My flesh won't come into alignment. I have to kill it, destroy it. Put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, here's the verse I want to hone in on. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Here's the key. I cannot live by the Spirit if I am not led by the Spirit. I cannot live by the Spirit if I am not led by the Spirit. That's why I asked you the question, what is your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? What is your sensitivity? Why do I need to be sensitive? Because I need to be living by the Spirit of God. The only way I can produce answers in a hopeless situation is by the Spirit of God. The only way I can know the direction God wants me, wants me to go is by the Spirit of God. The only way that I can know His will and His plan and His purpose for my life is by the Spirit of God. The only way I can make the proper kingdom decisions in the midst of contrary situations is by the Spirit of God. I have to be living by the Spirit of God. Well, if I don't first train myself to be led by the Spirit, then I cannot live by the Spirit. You will never live by the Spirit of God apart from being led by His Spirit. It's impossible. But sometimes we want the goal without the work. We want to live by the Spirit, but we don't want to do the work of being led by the Spirit. And so I want to give you three keys to becoming sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. We need to have an awareness of the Holy Spirit in our life. We need to be continually aware. More and more, as the day draws near and as the day draws darker, you need to become more and more aware of the Spirit in you. I mean, He's so close. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go to heaven. Why? Because if I don't, I can't send the Holy Spirit. But if I do, he will come and dwell in you. He will abide with you forever. Forever. That means he's not out the door as soon as things get rough. That means he's not gone when you really need him. He's there. and You can trust him. And I think... It's the church in the last days that has an awareness of the Holy Spirit and a sensitivity to his promptings and to his leading and to his guiding that's gonna be the one last standing in these last days. The day's coming where the Holy Spirit can no longer be optional. 
I think we've created conditions in our churches in, in, in the recent past, in recent history, where the Holy Spirit's been optional. Like we, we acknowledge who he is, and we acknowledge there's a Holy Spirit, but we're, we're not talking about being led by him and, and, and seeking him and, and, and recognizing the Holy Spirit is God himself dwelling within me. He's right here. We, you know, we wouldn't do 90% of what we do if we were so aware and so in tune. He's right here with me. He's living inside me. Sometimes we're more concerned about what someone might see us do when the one is living right inside of us, with us the whole time. So we've got to have this sensitivity and this awareness. The first key. The first key is relationship. Relationship. Understand that the Holy Spirit is God in the third person. It's not God's brother. It's not God's, you know, nephew that he invites over to the house every now and then. It's not a close acquaintance of God. It is. He is God. He is a person. A lot of times when we talk about the Spirit of God, it's so, you know, ooh, you know, uh, uh, a power and a presence and the Holy Ghost and, all, you know, weirdness. And it, that's not what the Holy, the Holy Spirit is a person. He wants to talk to you and he wants to hang out with you and he wants you to talk to him. And, and he wants to show you things and lead you and guide you and remind you things of Jesus that Jesus said. Jesus being the, the flesh, God in the flesh. That's God himself. The God I never knew living right here. God himself living inside of me. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship. Seeing here in verse 14, he says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are what? Sons. That denotes relationship. Now we're not excluding daughters. Understand that. I'm not, we're not, this, this isn't a male thing and, you know, ladies, unfortunately. No, you are a child of God. And he's saying, how do I know you're a child of God? Because you're led by my spirit. Wow, that's a key indicator. That someone is of the family, of the same bloodline, because they follow the spirit of God. If you're led by the spirit, your sons of God. Well, look what else he has to say. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Father, what's that? Relationship. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. The first key to, to strengthening or uh, uh, in, encouraging your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is recognizing that it's about relationship. There's a relationship here. And you know how relationships work. The more engagement, the more interaction, the stronger it gets. The, the less engagement and the less interaction the weaker it gets. The Holy Spirit and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is 
how we are known and identified as being in the family of God and being children of God. Again, we cannot live by the Spirit if we are not led by the Spirit. But why do I need to be led by the Spirit? Because I'm a child of God. I need to know my Father. The Holy Spirit wants to introduce you to the Father. The Holy Spirit wants to introduce you to God. He is God. When you get to know the Holy Spirit, you get to know God himself. Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I don't want to just know about him. The Holy Spirit is not here to give you information. He's here to give you revelation. When you gain information, you learn stuff. When you gain revelation, you learn someone, a person. Someone is revealed to you. God himself is revealed. God isn't just wanting you to collect information. God isn't looking for a church in the last days that can have all the right answers and answer all the questions and, and, and know all the theological studies and backgrounds and Greeks and Hebrews and, and all that stuff is great, but not at the expense of knowing him, who he is. So the Holy Spirit, when he's leading you, he's revealing the Father to you. In fact, Jesus said that himself when Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to his disciples before he left. He said, he'll bear witness of me. He'll tell you about me. He'll remind you of the things that, it's all about relationship. It's all about connection. It's all about how are we connected. See, when I just learn information about someone, I'm I'm not connected to them. I just know stuff. Some of us know a lot of stuff about people we've never met in our lives, right? I mean, celebrities and, 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 and you know, probably know stuff we never wanted to know. But you never even met the person. Is that a, is that a, is that a relationship? No, there's no relationship. There's no relation. There's no connection. You can't drive up to their house and say, hey, I've been following you on Facebook for 15 years. Can I have $500? No. Doesn't work that way. We need relationship. Relationship is how I can draw from the Father. Relationship is how I connect to the Father. Relationship is how I'm in the household. I'm in the family. And he even goes on to say that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with you. You're a child of God. So when the enemy comes and says, you ain't no child of God. Your child of God doesn't look like that. He says, no, no, no. I'm a child of God. The Holy Spirit told me. He's bearing witness with me. With my spirit, I'm in the house of God. I'm in the family. Well, guess what belongs to you? What belongs to the family? My son doesn't have to come ask me if he can get something out of the fridge. He goes and gets it. He just takes it. He doesn't have to keep inventory. Doesn't have to pay me back. Why? He's in the house. Now, Kyle come up in my house, start snatching stuff. We're going to have the conversation. Child labor laws. Yeah, that, that might be important too. But we're in the house. So I have access to stuff. I have a a freedom being in the family of God. It's all because of relationship. Because being led by the Spirit helps me recognize the value that I have in the family. How do I want to strengthen and, and, and create and build a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? When I recognize that He is my confirmation, I'm in the family of God. That's where my relationship is. It begins with relationship. In John chapter 15, John chapter 15, Jesus goes a little deeper with 
this relationship factor. When I bring up relationship, I'm also bringing up the, the fact of connection. How I'm connected to God. The Holy Spirit is your connection to God. The Holy Spirit is my connection to God. He's in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is on the earth with me, with you and I, living and dwelling within us. I say it all the time, but it bears repeating. We know a lot about God. We know a lot about Jesus, and both of them are in heaven. The one that we know the least about is the one that's the closest to us. He's right here, dwelling with me, abiding with me. Jesus says it this way in John chapter 15, I am the true vine. And my father, what's that? Relationship is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That it may bear more fruit. So there's a a production that's happening because of my connection. My connection leads to my production. If I'm not connected, guess what? I'm not producing. I can't produce the kingdom if I'm separated or disconnected from the vine. What's this? Relationship, connection. What's he say? Uh, Verse four, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What's he saying? You can't produce the kingdom life if you are disconnected from the king. Just like you can't produce a spirit-led life if we're not remaining sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Gotta remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Knowing God's voice, knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit is not about what it sounds like. I've heard a lot of people talk about that. Never heard the audible voice of God. That's okay. The number one way that God is going to lead his people in the last days is not with visions and dreams. It's not with audible voices. It's not with, you know, shaking and stirring and earthquakes. The number one way the spirit the, 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 that God wants to lead his children, lead his people, in the last days, is by the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. That's the number one way. So, if we're not looking for that, and we're looking for all these other crazy things, we're looking, well, you know, if I, if I heard clearly, he's been trying to tell you clearly. The Holy Spirit always speaks clearly. It's a matter of, are we listening? Are we sensitive? Are we connected this is the measure so it's not about what it sounds like it's about what he says and so we have to understand this relationship Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says it this way but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you what's what where what are we involved in doing seeking and seeking first what's that mean intentionality you know, if, you, if it says seek last, that's like you accidentally happen upon something. But if you seek first, that means I'm intentionally going there. I'm putting that first. What would happen if we sought the kingdom first? What would happen if we sought God 
first? What would happen if we went after the Holy Spirit first? Before we posted it on Facebook, and before we asked 10 different friends, and before we, 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 we you know, put out fleeces and all this other stuff, what if we just said, Holy Spirit, this is the predicament I'm in, lead me, guide me, show me what I ought to do. And he will. He'll do it. What if we sought him first? I tell you what, everything that we seek before we get to the Holy Spirit will cloud your judgment and cloud your discernment and muddy the waters that by the time you get to the Holy Spirit and he does speak, we can't even hear or clearly see or articulate what he's trying to say. I'm telling you, we need to make a habit of going to God first. Going to the Holy Spirit first. Shutting everything down first. Fasting and praying if you need to. Fasting is not a diet plan. Fasting is me getting close to God. Fasting is me saying I'm shutting all this out because I got to have a clear channel. You know, this microphone right now, I don't know how it all works, but this microphone is on a channel. It's on a frequency with that receiver back there. And if the, the frequencies or the, the, the uh, channels get manipulated, then we're not going to have clear speech. It's not going to work. We've got to be on the same channel, the same level of frequency, and we can't have any obstruction. We need to have that same level of clarity with the Holy Spirit. So how do I do that? Seek first. Be intentional. Go after. Why? Because it's relationship. It's connection. The second key to become insensitive to the Holy Spirit is recognition. 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 Now, recognition follows relationship. Recognition follows relationship. Why? Because I don't recognize what I don't know. I don't recognize what I don't know. So I've got to be connected. I've got to have that relationship. I mean, even now, uh, my, my, our new son, uh, Austin, at, what, almost four months, is recognizing our voice. We talk, and he starts. You see his eyes moving. You see his head moving around. Why? Because there's relationship. He's not going to just do that with everybody. But he begins to recognize our voice when we come in the room or we walk in the house or, or we're talking to him or calling his name or whatever else we're saying, usually in some crazy, silly baby voice. He's turning, jerking, looking around because he recognizes based on relationship. Well, John chapter 10, John chapter 10, Jesus clarifies this as well. Jesus communicates what this relationship how this relationship affects our recognition. Starting with verse 1, he says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. He communicates even further. They will by no means follow a stranger, 
but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Notice the response to voices you don't recognize. You flee. Notice the response to the voices you don't know. You're going in the opposite direction. If I don't recognize the voice, if I don't know the voice, if I'm not connected to that voice, I'm not running towards it, I'm running away from it. So, relationship. I gotta have the relationship, gotta have the connection. From there, that will help me build recognition for the voice of God. I can tell you right now that our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is gonna be prompted by our recognition. If I don't have the relationship, then I won't recognize his voice. Therefore, I can't be sensitive to it. I mean, I, I, want, I want to be a, a person in the last days that the Holy Spirit can give me simple promptings. Just, just even the softest urgings. And I feel that, know that, sense that, and can respond to that. He shouldn't have to bang on my door. He shouldn't have to scream over all my stuff. He shouldn't have to tell me 18 times. I want to be a person. I think the church in the last days needs to be a church that is so sensitive and in tune with the Spirit that the simplest urgings, we can follow that and say, whoa, nope. He'll give you checks in your spirit. He'll give you green lights to go. He'll give you red lights to stop. And we can follow that on a whim, on the, just the simplest of urgings. But it all begins with my recognition. If I don't recognize his voice, guess what I'm doing? I'm going the other direction. Fleeing, it says, in the other direction. I've brought this out before. But he does not clarify in this passage who the shepherd is and who the stranger is. Now, of course, we read it and we say, shepherd, Jesus, stranger, thief, enemy, right? Later on in verse 10, he says, the thief doesn't come but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come to bring life and life more abundantly. He says, I am the great shepherd. But in this verse, I want to help you understand the relevancy. The shepherd is the one you become familiar with. And the stranger is the one that you have ignored and have not taken the time to recognize. So for the believer... It's not automatically given that the shepherd calls and you respond. It might be that the enemy calls and you have spent more time recognizing his voice and becoming familiar with his voice and responding to his voice that you obey the enemy on a whim and the Holy Spirit is the one that you're fleeing and running from. He's the stranger. The stranger is the one that you haven't taken the time to get to know. The stranger is the one that you aren't in tune with. The stranger is the one that you haven't built a relationship and developed that connection with. The stranger is the one that you will flee and run from. So how are we cultivating our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Is he the stranger or is he the shepherd? Because the one that I recognize is the one that I follow the one that I'm familiar with, the one that I get to know, the one that I get to understand, the one that, man, the second he speaks, notice it's his voice. I don't even have to see anything. I just hear and I know. I hear and I go. It's as simple as hearing. And you won't even have to challenge a question, is that the Holy Spirit? You'll know. You'll know. 
Jesus, after he was baptized, came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Doesn't sound like something the Holy Spirit would lead me to do. This is why we need to know the voice of the Holy Spirit because then you won't try to get 10, well, is that the Holy Spirit? What did he really show me to do? What did he really tell me to do? And you try to think it out and you try to process it with all your natural mind and, and try to think it out with your, with your mind and your thoughts and you try to bring all this, you know, all, all, you know, you try to contemplate. We try to figure it out. Boom, it doesn't work that way. He bears witness. He will let you know on the inside and you will have such a peace You'll have such a firmness. You'll have such a confirmation on the inside. Man, I'm following the Holy Spirit, and nobody can deter me. Don't be surprised when you're led by the Spirit, and 10 people are like, whoa, that's not God. Right? Holy Spirit's not taking a vote. Go see what all your friends think about. Post it on Facebook and see what kind of comments you get. And if, you, if, if they're in agreement, then, then we're, we're good. No, he's leading you regardless. And he's saying, you're going to follow me, you're going to follow them. You're going to do what I said, or you're going to do what the world says. You're going to respond like I say, or you're going to respond like the world says to respond. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not up, it's not up for debate. Man, I thank God we, Jesus didn't vote it in. You can't vote him in, you can't vote him out. Jesus 2020, Jesus every year. Come on. I don't put my trust in man. I don't, I don't care how powerful they are. I don't care how high up they get. I don't care what their position is, what their title is, how much money they make. I put my trust in God. I put my trust in the Spirit of God. And I will always be led by the Spirit. doesn't matter who's in the office. It doesn't matter who's leading. doesn't matter who's at the helm. It doesn't matter. I put my trust in God. He's got me. What can man do to me? Who can be against me? Well, you got to have that kind of tenacity. Only those that follow the shepherd can have that kind of boldness. I tell you what, if you wane in your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, it will affect and compromise every other area of your life. It will affect your joy. It will affect your peace. It will affect your, your mind. It will affect your finances. It will affect your social relationships. It'll, it, if we are not sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it will compromise every other area of our life. It will bring death, it says. Carnally minded, to be fleshly minded is death. Well, recognition demands training. Recognition demands training. I gotta train myself to recognize voices. I got to train myself to, to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. Are you spending time doing that? Are you spending time not just talking to God, but listening? Are you spending time becoming in tune, finding that frequency, finding that channel where I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you, one of the, one of the quickest ways to get there, tune everything else out. You remember those radios in the, uh, the, the, the old cars? I mean, I don't even think I was old enough to have one in our car. I think 
we actually had digital stuff, but the ones that you had to turn the dial and the little bar moved and you're, you know, you're trying to, what are you doing? You're, you, you think you're trying to tune in. You're really trying to tune everything out. You're finding the one where there's no activity coming in, where there's clarity. Because see, all the other channels, they have stuff coming in. They just have too much stuff coming in. But when you find the one clear channel, it's the one channel that has tuned everything else out. Now, I'm not just looking for noise and static. I'm looking for the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing how many times people will come to me with, you know, tough decisions or real life decisions. And they want to know, of course, is this God? And the first place I take them is, how quiet have you gotten? How still have you gotten? How much have you eliminated? Well, I've been reading the Bible. Yeah, but you're still on Facebook. Well, I've been praying more. Yeah, but you're still watching the news. Well, I've been praying in the spirit more. Yeah, but you still have 18 friends that aren't godly, that don't, that don't know the voice of God, that are trying to lead you and guide you in different paths eliminate, bring to a stillness, bring to a quiet, bring to a halt. It's not something we're very good at. It's not something that we have so much vying for our attention. We have so much going after. And the Holy Spirit is just sitting back patiently just saying, I'm here. I haven't left you. I won't forsake you. I will abide with you forever. But when are you gonna shut all the other stuff out? Too many voices. Distraction is always the result of too many voices. Confusion is always the result of too many voices. We allow too much in. Adding the word, adding prayer, strengthening your prayer life without eliminating garbage will not do you any good. You know why Jesus went to the mountaintop to pray? Because the people weren't at the mountaintop. It said he would get alone to pray. Not because he was trying to get away from people, because when he got around people, he wanted to have an answer. And I'm not going to get my answer for the people if I'm always around the people. The only way I get the answer for the people is if I get with God, alone, me and him, and I'm hearing his voice. And he said that I don't do anything on my own initiative. I don't do what I want to do. I don't say what I want to say. I don't even go where I want to go. I'm doing what the Holy Spirit, what the Father through and by the Holy Spirit is directing me and leading me to do. Where did he get that direction? On the mountaintop alone. So when he got down off the mountain, was ready to engage people, he could lead them out of their mess. Got to eliminate. We got to eliminate. Recognition demands training. I'm telling you, we want recognition without relationship. We want to recognize voices that we've never spent time deciphering and getting to know and becoming still with. The last key that I have for strengthening or developing a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. One is relationship. Got to understand that connection. Two is recognition. I need to recognize his voice. If I don't recognize it, if I don't know it, I won't follow it. Number three is response. Response. 
what good is it to hear the voice if I don't follow the voice? What good is it to hear the voice of God if I don't follow the voice of God? I want to follow his voice. I want to obey his voice. I want to keep his words. Over in John chapter 15, where we just read earlier, he tells uh, his disciples, he says, they will know you're my disciples because you keep my law. You keep my commandments. You keep my word. What's the point of the relationship? So I can recognize. What's the point of recognizing? So I can follow and obey. I'm telling you right now, the quicker you obey this time, the better you will hear next time. If you don't believe it, you better figure it out. That your obedience to God's voice now is determining what he can share with you next. Your obedience to God's voice now is determining what he will not show you more until you do what you can do now. You know, in following God and knowing his plan and knowing his purpose, we a lot of times engage or want to engage the stuff that's out of our control while we abandon and neglect what is in our control. I tell people all the time, if you don't know what to do next, do what you know to do now. And you keep doing that until he shows you what to do next. I don't know if I should move here. I don't know if I should take this job. Then you stay right where you're at and you keep doing what you know God has told you to do. And you don't move until he gives you that clear direction. But we're all, what what about this? And what if I miss out? You ain't gonna miss out on nothing. The Holy Spirit will make sure you don't miss out. There's no, uh, what's it called, FOMO, fear of missing out. There ain't no fear of missing out with the Holy Spirit. His timing is perfect. He's always perfect with his timing. But if you don't know what to do next, keep doing what you know to do now. Right now. What was the last thing he said to do? Are you doing it? And let me take it a step further. Not only are you doing it, but are you doing it with the right heart? That's where a lot of us get in trouble. Well, I've been doing it. I've been obeying. I've been, I've been staying faithful at this job. And they, they don't do this. And they don't do that. And I've just been sticking it. I've been faithful with this marriage. And I'm not seeing anything change. Keep doing what you know to do now and do it with the right heart. You would be amazed how much your heart eliminates you from what God has next. And all you're doing is looking at the external action. The external, I've been doing it. I said I'm sorry. (laughs) I said I love you. I told you I love you. (laughs) What does God want? He wants your heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You'd be amazed at how much your heart is the thing that's eliminating. What's on the inside, not what you're doing, but how you're doing it. It's the, it's the, Willing and obedient that eat the good of the land. The willing and obedient. Are you obedient but not willing? Are you willing but not obedient? Come on, it's the whole equation, not one or the other. 
not a take your pick. You gotta get them both. I'm willing, Father, and I'm obedient. And when I'm doing what I know to do now, I've got to respond to what I know to do now. Psalms 119, 11. Psalms 119, 11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That I might not sin. What's that? That's my response to the word. I'm not just hearing the word just to gain more information and gain more knowledge and say, okay, I spent my time. I'm, I'm hiding it and I'm, I'm hearing it and I'm receiving it when the, when the voice of the Holy Spirit's coming so that I can stay in line with it and produce what he wants me to produce. But I got to follow and obey with a willing and obedient heart. I have to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And this is the thing. Sometimes we think if God would speak more clearly, we would obey more quickly. Well, I can give you individual after individual. Exhibit A, exhibit B, exhibit C, exhibit D. I can give you all kinds of individuals that had some of the the craziest Instances of hearing God's voice, even seeing things, even having the Lord show up to them directly himself that failed to do what he told them to do. If God has to scare you into obedience, you're, not, you're, you're in no position to obey. You're not in a position to obey. Again, what is the sensitivity level to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can he prompt you? Softly urge you? Can he speak quietly and still get through to you? That was the challenging question I brought this, this, this evening to open this whole thing up. What's that sensitivity level look like? And what can I do to become more sensitive, more in tune? Because he's speaking, he's leading. And in these last days, we have to follow him like we've never followed him before. We're gonna have to hear him like we've never heard him before. I'm telling you right now, the leading of the spirit is gonna look more and more contrary to the ways of the world the, the further we get down this thing. And you're gonna have to be so convinced on the inside, I'm staying with the spirit. I know that's his voice. I know he's leading and talking and guiding. And he'll do it. And that's a church in the last days that's going to be world changers. That's going to be the church in the last days that's waiting and ready for the coming of the king. That's going to be the church in the last days that's going to bring answers to a lost and hopeless and broken world. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.